Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Welcome back into Leaning Into Leadership for episode number 47. And episode number 47 features a conversation with Rick Morton. Who is Rick Morton, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. Rick has been the Jocelyn's representative in Tacoma, Washington for the last 21 years. He grew up in San Diego and married his high school sweetheart 34 years ago. Rick has three adult children, one grandchild. His passion is to help every school he serves improve the environment with proven strategies and programs. Rick believes that the Jocelyn's Renaissance program plays a significant role in helping schools go from good to great. As Rick says, I am who I am today because of the heroes in my life that believed in me, parents, family, colleagues, and especially teachers. I stand every day on the shoulder of giants. Rick and I sat down recently and had a really wonderful conversation about his perspective looking into schools as that person who is truly a partner with schools, the person who really wants to do everything he can to support our schools, to support our students, and to see them be as successful as possible. Rick and I actually met many years ago at the Jocelyn's Renaissance Conference And I've admired him for a long time. So it was really exciting to have an opportunity to sit down, have this conversation. I know you're going to love this. And we'll get to that right on the other side of this message from Road to Awesome. Leaders, your educators deserve to have a leader who believes in them, who supports them, and who lifts them up when they're down. Right now, they deserve that reminder that they are traveling their own road to awesome. On that road to awesome, we focus on the things we can control and we let go of the things we can't. On that road to awesome, we rise by lifting others, not by pushing each other down. And on that road to awesome, we change the world one conversation at a time. Leaders, I want to work with your schools. I want to work with you and your educators to lift them up, to honor the work they do, and to let them know they are not in this alone. Let's get together. Let's have a conversation. Let's get your teachers back on that road to awesome, to find that love, to find that clarity, and to walk in their purpose. Reach out to us at roadtoawesome.net for your opportunity to bring Road to Awesome to your school. Hey leaders, let me tell you a story. It's the story of my first year as a high school principal. I will tell you, I was exhausted, I was overwhelmed, and I lived my life breathing through a snorkel because my head was so far underwater and I didn't think there was a way out. I mean, I was a mess. The 40 feet that it was to move from my assistant principal office down to the principal's office might as well have been a 400-mile trek. I was just absolutely putting in crazy hours. I was trying to do it all, like trying to answer everybody's question, thinking I always had to be the smartest one in the room, 
and I had to solve everybody's problems. We're talking severe Superman syndrome here, folks. Every day was fire after fire, and all I accomplished was putting out fires. Forget about leading. I was simply trying to survive. Now, after working with a leadership coach, I really was able to get things figured out, get my head from being a firefighter to actually being a leader. But it took work, and I discovered some things that really mattered. And that's why I've created Walk in Your Purpose, Five Mindsets to Level Up Your Leadership, a free ebook that you can have today at no cost. Just go to walkinyourpurpose.roadtoawesome.net backslash ebook to download your free copy. Again, that's walkinyourpurpose.roadtoawesome.net backslash ebook. It's time for you to walk in your purpose, to find joy in your job, and to be the leader you always knew that you could be. And now, as they say, it's on with the show. Enjoy this conversations with Justin Scholastic Rep, Rick Morton. I will see you on the other side. All right, Rick, welcome into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Man, I've, I've been looking forward to this conversation for weeks. I mean, we scheduled this quite a, quite a long time ago. And so finally, you and I get an opportunity to sit down and just have a really awesome conversation. So welcome into the show, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've been looking forward to it myself. Yeah. So, so you and I have known each other for, for quite some time, obviously, you know, with, with you being with Jostens and my connections with Jostens Renaissance. But just really quick for, for my listeners who don't necessarily know who Rick Morton is, um, just a quick rundown, you know, who you are, where you come from, those kinds of things. Sure. Yeah. Well, I've been with Jostens for 21 years as a scholastic rep, meaning I do the caps and gowns and graduation items. And it's mainly here up in the Tacoma, Washington area, which is about uh, 30 minutes south of Seattle. So I just enjoy working with schools and supporting educators and students and families with one of the most significant uh, moments of their life so far, and that's graduation. So how does a person... I mean, we talk about this in education all the time. Um, I, I was just telling you before we hit record that I was at a school yesterday. And one of the things that, that I did with that school and I do with a lot of schools is we just talk about our origin stories. You know, as educators, a lot of people just assume that they've always wanted to be teachers when it's actually a small percentage who graduate from high school and it's like, whew, I'm going off to be a third grade teacher or I'm going off to teach, you know, high school math or whatever the case may be. How how does a person, you know, end up working? And uh, I mean, you have an incredible job. You really do. How does somebody get to that space? Or maybe maybe the better question, Rick, is what is your origin story that got you to being a Jocelyn Scholastic rep? Well, um, so I'm from San Diego originally, and um, I've always been an entrepreneur, always loved owning businesses. I was a professional clown for seven years when I was younger. Um, so I was an independent guy back then making you know, my own money in high school. I, um, I never finished college, but I went right into helping my family. So I had three kids by the time I was 22. And I just, I needed to make money. San Diego's expensive. So um, I had some, I had a vending machine business. I sold it. I started a, a selling furniture and uh, some supplies, and, and I just love that independent spirit. I've never had a boss. I, I can't remember having a W-2 job ever. <laughs> 
But um, but the dot-com boom really hurt us, my family. I mean, I was good at making money in my 20s, but I was horrible at saving it. So in 2000, <laughs> <laughs> in 2000, my wife and I just made the big decision to move up to the Northwest, which is where my family's from. And we did it for several reasons, just to get closer to family. But a part of it, too, was to preserve our own unit. <clears throat> I just felt like it was getting a little bit of the rat race feeling. And so when we moved up, um, there was a gentleman that went to my parents' church who owned a Jostens territory, and he asked me if I would help him um, acquire new schools because, you know, I've always had that spirit of anything's possible. I was kind of a racehorse when it comes to meeting people and sales. So um, I worked with him for a couple years, learning the business and got to know what the difference was between, you know, commercial selling and educational selling. And then he retired and Jostens gave me the privilege of taking over a portion of his territory. So that was back in 2003. And that was the beginning of everything. So let's go back for a minute. You were a professional clown. If you thought I was going to glaze over that one, man, there's no chance. So, okay. <laughs> I know. Talk I know. about so that a little bit. My, uh, my teachers are my heroes. Um, everything that I have in my life was based on a teacher saying to me, Rick, I think you'd be good at this. That's just, that's the way my life has been my whole life. And my eighth grade teacher, Miss Maureen Bender, said, Rick, you'd make a great clown. And I was like, what do you mean? Like a class clown? She goes, no, I don't know if you know, but on the side, I'm Maureen the clown. So um, she signed me up to be sort of mentored by her. I went to San Diego State Clown College for six months, graduated with honors. And I got my certification when I was 14 and a half. And I worked under Maureen, under her business. I think it was called Clowns Are Us or Just Us Clowns for a couple years. And then when I got 16, when I turned 16, and then I went out on my own and started booking my own birthday parties and company picnics and parades. And I mean, it was good money, Darren. I mean, think about it. This is 1985, <laughs> right? All my friends were making three bucks an hour working at McDonald's. And I grew up yeah. kind of poor, just to back them too. My, my parents didn't have any money. So anything I, I wanted had to come from me. So I was hungry. And so when I heard, she goes, Rick, we make 75 bucks an hour. I was like, what? <laughs> so I just hustled. So on the weekends, I would do four or five birthday parties and I'd walk away with four or 500 bucks. That was, and I did that all the way through high school. And I retired Rainy the Clown. So my name was Rainy the Clown. Uh, I retired him in 1989. So he's been retired for a while, but once in a while, he likes to come out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is, that's amazing. You know, we, we talk all the time you know, uh, with, with educators, well, you do, and I do both. I mean, and, yeah. and, you know, occasionally that, you know, that question, you know, who's that teacher that inspired you, you know, comes up and people, you know, obviously, I mean, they always smile and, you know, they've got this, you know, this, this thing that they remember. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody tell me that, well, what, you know, the teacher that inspired me said, you'd make a great clown. I, I don't that's think right. I've, I've ever heard that before. That is, that's actually really amazing. And, and, Setting aside, you know the the images of Randy the clown. I really wish we had an image of Randy the clown to uh, uh, to check out. But um, really, I mean that that sounds like that was the moment that that maybe or or the the thing that really lit that entrepreneurial fire for you. And you know, I mean, you you kind of laid out a little bit of a pathway there of you know from this business to this to this to this. I mean, the true entrepreneur spirit. Um, is 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 that what kind of set the whole thing on fire? 
I think so. I mean, I had a paper route, you know, when I was 10 and I upgraded to the Union Tribune when I was 12. I would babysit kids. I would clean uh, houses. I would mow lawns. I just, you know, my parents just didn't have much. And I had a heart. I was the oldest of three kids. So I think I just always felt compelled to contribute, you know. And so and then anything I wanted that was nice, I just was like, I'm going to have to earn it myself. And I grew up in those, you know, where we was a latchkey kid, you know, my parents were both working. So it was just me and my brother and sister pretty much all day, every day. And so, yeah, I think that began that spirit of like, if I want something, I just got to figure out how to go and get it. And and I always found that there's a lot of people everywhere you go that want to help you find your goals. And so, you know, it was that, that experience with Miss Minder was probably one of the first most significant ones. And then I got into high school and I started rebuilding cars and selling cars. I, you know, I buy cheap cars and my buddy Scott and I would rebuild them and sell them for a profit. And then, you know, we bought a few vending machines and we started working those for a little while. And then, you know, I, I just failing, learning, failing, learning. And then, you know, when I got out of high school, my wife and I, you know, we had a little baby and it kind of disrupted some of my plans, but it just inspired me to kind of, well, what's next? And so got into, met this guy who has a furniture franchise. And I said, John Kay, would you mentor me? I, I'll, I'll work hard, I'll work for free, but I, but I saw this successful guy doing this amazing thing. And he goes, Rick, it's just about loving people. It's about being true to your word, showing up and working hard. And uh, so, yeah, I learned how to operate this furniture franchise working for another gentleman and then broke off on my own. And um, yeah, it's just, I think I've just, I always loved the idea of being in control of that sector of my life, you know, the, having that agency, that yeah. autonomy, just to go out and get it. And so that's always been a driving spirit. But I've also loved just being part of other people's success. So, you know, all the people that have helped me, I'm thinking, my goodness, it's very important for me to do the same for others. So I'm always looking for people who want to join or want to learn. And so I'm, I love it when people say, hey, can I have some time with you to learn about what you did here? Tell me about your experience in doing that. So. Yeah, it's just been it's been quite a journey, but but that independent spirit is has always been something very important to me. I just I just love that. I think that is really cool. Um, you know, it's it's always great to have an opportunity to just kind of learn a little bit of something about about people's journeys. And I mean, I know there's there's a handful of things that I I wanted to talk to talk to you about today. Um, I didn't expect that that's that's where we would go, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I mean, that's it's great information, and it's it's always nice to know to know so much more about the individual. So let's let's now go ahead and jump forward just a little bit. I mean, I think about you know the work that you and your team do um, with your you know Justin Scholastic group there in, in the Northwest, and I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I see you guys every time we go in the summer to a Justin's Renaissance conference. You know, you and Elliot and your team, and um, and so many schools that that you represent and and work with. When you think about the work that you do, so so you're preparing to go into into your schools you know, uh, in the fall when it's time to, you know, get out there and start talking about caps and gowns and senior garb and all those cool things. I know well enough, just, just from having worked with, with a Jocelyn's rep, very similar to you, that it isn't about, you know, let's just go get a bunch of sales. How do you view your role and what you and your team do when you're coming into, you know, a high school somewhere, somewhere there in the Pacific Northwest? I appreciate that. So um, I'm very clear about my role in schools. In fact, for those principals that know me, they know exactly what I'm about. They know that, yes, the cap and gowns pay my bills, but that's all. My heart is filled up when I can be part of the conversation around 
what is it that this building needs this year? What, where are you at right now? And what are your goals? And what can I do to help you reach those goals this year? And so my role in the building is really a partner, a community partner that has the ability to bring tons of resources and tools and ideas, and also some financial support to, to the journey of becoming the, to the next level of that school. Um, and it really began in the very early years. So when I first took over the territory, what I didn't share earlier is that uh, the gentleman who owned it before just didn't do a great job representing the brand. I don't know if you've ever had an experience at a restaurant where you got horrible service um, and it just kind of made you not want to go back. And so uh, that had happened to the Jostens name in this area that I took over. And so when I first became the primary representative, there were several schools that fired me because of the past challenges they were having. So it really shocked me because I just spent a ton of money <laughs> buying this this yeah. you know this territory. Um, and so what I did was I had one friend, his name was Scott Seaman. He was the principal of Tumwater High School. And he says, Rick, yeah. you know, you have a great opportunity here um, that, that most people don't have. He says, I see your passion to help kids. I see your passion to help schools. But let me give you a list of questions to go around and just ask the principals that are still loyal to you about what's going on. And it was nothing about product. It was just about, you know, what's keeping you up at night? What challenges are you facing? What are some things you're doing that you feel like you're really proud of that would be worth sharing? So I became sort of Scott, Scott Seaman became my mentor about what, what goes on in the world of a principal. And um, so my first three years, I didn't talk about product at all. <laughs> I just became the idea guy. And, you know, what happened, of course, after that was people were asking, well, why are you asking me these questions? What's the, are you a consultant? Because I, I know nothing. I go, no, I'm just kind of doing a favor for a friend. If you know Scott, he's, oh, I know Scott, he's great. So it began just in this very organic way of just visiting schools and just finding out what's working and what's not. And so I think my role in schools is just that to this day. It, I have a few more schools now because, you know, I had 20 then, now we have about 80, but it's, but now that's, it's an exciting opportunity and a privilege for me to go into a building and say, hey, what are some things you feel like I could share with other schools that would help them? Or what are some things that I could help you with? Maybe some challenges you can share with me because I happen to be talking with, you know, 70 other principals about the challenges they're facing. And so I just feel fortunate because I've already got this system built where I'm serving, you know, schools with caps and gowns and celebration products and um, symbols of success. But that's just sort of the, the icing on the cake, you know, the meat, potatoes, the eggs, everything, the meat of it is helping that leadership team create an amazing environment for kids where they can feel connected, they thrive, they feel recognized, the teachers are excited to be there, they're feeling respected, the community's involved, parents left showing up. That's the kind of environments that I'm trying to help all the schools I work with create. So uh, first off, you mentioned you mentioned Scott Seaman, who who you are correct. He is an absolute education rock star. Um, yeah. Love that. Love that he was the guy that was your mentor. Uh, he's somebody I met many years ago through NASSP. Uh, we were either principals of the year together, or he was there working with NASSP when I was one, or whatever it was. But um, absolutely a great guy to be a mentor. And, and and it's great the questions that that he had you go and, and actually have those conversations with because that's um, that's one of the things that we like to call kind of that problems of practice. You know, what what are the things that people are running into? And, you know, when when a salesman would come in, you know, representing a product and come and talk to me as a high school principal, yeah, I want to hear about the product, but, you know, 
and I think Scott's this way too. I'm a relationship guy. You know, I want to know that, that I can get to know you as a human being. You know, you and I were talking before we hit record about Ricky Wilding, who was, who was my Justin's rep in two locations. I mean, so much so that I went to bat for him for the second location when that particular, um, that particular territory was, was becoming available because of a retirement. Um, what Scott did for you was he gave you those real easy entry point conversations because you can sit down with a group of principals and say, hey, I want to talk to you about caps and gowns and you're going to lose them. But you sit down with a group of principals or a group of superintendents and say, hey, uh, tell me a couple of pain points you're dealing with. Man, those hands are going to go through the roof, you know, because they all start to feel those those kinds of things. And when you're able to say, I love how you said that, 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 that you know, you could be almost like that relay point of, you know, hey, I'm hearing this in, you know, in Puyallup and I'm hearing this in Tacoma and I'm hearing this in fill in the blank. Um, all of a sudden it's like, hey, you know, there's this connected network of principles and you just became a part of it. And that kind of injects you into the conversation. I love that so much. What what are some things you've learned from that? I mean, not just not just on the 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 how you help solve their problems, but what what are some like behind the scenes problems of practice that maybe some principals have shared with you that that might maybe surprised you that you didn't realize? Wow, I didn't know schools struggled with that. Yeah, well, <clears throat> you know, I think the thing I, I've noticed the most is you know what affects the school's culture the most, and you know, not the, not the environmental piece, the temperature or the climate. I'm talking the culture, the right. long standing piece is strong leadership. I mean, so this whole podcast being leaning into leadership. I have noticed in my 21 years of Justin's that the buildings that are thriving the most are the ones who have strong leadership that's been in the building long enough to create that sense of belonging and permanence of knowing that they got their back. Um, one of my most amazing principals that I work with as well is Jason Smith and his simple philosophy is love kids and teach. And he has incredibly high expectations of both his students and his teachers. But along with that, he comes in with tons of high quality support as well. So it's high expectations and high support. And that leadership, I've noticed there's templates of that in many of the schools I work with. And there's also, unfortunately, examples where there's just been so much change and it just feels like they're managing chaos. And they don't have time to look ahead down the road and see where do we want to go? Where do we want to build? And so I think the biggest thing I've walked away with is is that principles that create an incredible leadership team around them and a vision of where they want the school to go. And then they clearly identify it and specifically lay it out in a simple term to where every student walking those halls, if you ask them, what does it mean to be a RAM? It means to be forthright, or it means to be tough, or it means to be resilient. And when you have a unified message in a school that has that kind of sort of trumpeting campaign going forward. It's all the result of that strong leadership. And um, I remember one of my first experiences with, you know, Justin's Renaissance in the very beginning was with Stadium High School, which is, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, The 10 Things I Hate About You, but it was the oh, building yeah. that that film was filmed at. And um, the principal at the time was John Kellett. And they were doing a big, huge remodel. And he, the reason he hired us as Justin's for the products is because he wanted to do Renaissance. And the very first assembly they put on was a 0.5 improvement assembly. And they had students create a shirt 
that was amazing. It was a black t-shirt with the castle on front because it's this beautiful castle building. The tiger was breaking out of the front. The bricks were falling all out. The back of the shirt said, I know what you did last semester, kind of a spoof off the movie. Nice. And, um, I just, I was blown away when I saw how many kids felt so inspired. And it was just my first experience seeing the magic of, of that recognizing with a clear mission of leadership, what you're doing. And it hit me really strong the next week when I walked into another school that I was just trying to, uh, it was a prospect school, school that wasn't working with Justin's. And I went in and had a conversation, didn't really go anywhere. But as I'm walking out, a student calls me and says, hey, Rick, um, are, are you the one that works with Stadium High School? I go, yeah. He, she says, well, I'm the, I'm the class president here at, at um, um, it's, it's Silas High School now, but at the time it was Wilson. And she says, I got to tell you something. You know, I have a best friend that goes to Stadium, and he's been my best friend since the fourth, fourth grade. And he's really been struggling lately. Um, a few weeks ago, he was even talking about taking his own life. And um, and she she was telling me that he was recognized at this assembly. He was one of the kids who got that shirt and he stood up and he was able to receive that 0.5 improvement. And she goes, he has completely changed and wants to get involved and wants everybody else to feel what he felt that day. And it was probably one of the first times that I had personally realized that this this leadership is more than just about you know, recognizing and helping kids. It's about saving lives. And so to me, that was sort of my first time of really getting that that sort of knife in the heart conviction that yeah. I need to be about helping these schools create great connections with kids. Um, so I think, you know, going back to kind of what you're saying that I see in schools, you know, it's that leadership that creates that that strong environment for kids where everyone walking the halls has an opportunity to be connected to an adult to a group or a club and feels like they're really part of the family. I just think that's amazing. I mean, you know, it's, it's not very often. I think when I'm recording a podcast, I get emotional, but you know, that's, whew, that's a, that's a really, really powerful story. And, yeah. you know, it's one of the things that every now and again, I, you know, somebody will ask me about, about Jocelyn's Renaissance and about why, you know, why I've been involved with it as long as I have. And, and, uh, I mean, obviously it's something I'm really passionate about and I, I watched it, I witnessed it, I lived it turning around the school where I worked as, as a high school principal. And, um, it's, it's for stories just like that. You know, it's, it's that one kid. I mean, I, I say it all the time that as educators, we have the opportunity to change the world one conversation at a time. And that right there is, yeah. is what you're talking about. Um, so, so I guess that makes me kind of wonder, uh, actually, I'm going to chase. I'm going to chase this thought. So um, I just said, you know, as educators, we get that opportunity. Do you consider yourself an educator? Yeah, it's interesting you ask me that. I think secretly, I really want to be, and I think I think um, I walk in with that mindset. Um, one of the things that I that I love doing is I tell teachers and principals all the time. I said I would love to be a guest speaker in your school, and I'll tell. And I have a little sheet that talks about all these little workshops that I've come up with, just on basic stuff, leadership, communication you name it. And so, yeah, I probably a hundred times a year, I get an opportunity just to go into a classroom just and just have a conversation with these students about life and about the lessons that I've learned. And so I, I feel like I get to do the best parts of it, plus have the entrepreneurial spirit of owning my own business. So, cause I mean, I do love owning my own business. I love sales. I love growing. I love helping people, people be successful, but yeah, I would agree. 
I think everybody has an educator in them, especially if that if you have the heart that wants to help other people improve their lives for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we, we use the word staffily all the time. And, you know, sometimes people ask me, you know, what does that really mean? And you, you, know, you can say it's staff plus faculty or, or however you want to say that. But to me, what it's really about, and this is why I ask you the question, because this is how I felt about, uh, you know, Ricky as my Jocelyn's rep too, was he was part of our staffily. And to me, Anybody who has the opportunity to make a significant difference in the life of a kid is a part of our scaffolding. They are, they are an educator. And it's clear that, that you have those opportunities to make a significant difference in the life of a kid. You, know, you don't have to necessarily be that one in the classroom. And I would imagine there's a number of kids who, over the course of your career, have maybe asked some things about being an entrepreneur or just been simply curious about what it's like to run your own business. Are, are there, are there maybe a, is there a story or two that maybe you can share with us on that? Yeah. I had a student well, years ago. He's from Lake Quinault high school. It's a school up on the peninsula. So if Washington were a thumb, it's way up on the thumb of the, of the state, tiny little school, six seniors in a class. Um, I came to do the presentation because wow. in my opinion, the school is never too small to get an actual in-person presentation. That's my conviction. So I, he, basically started asking me, what do I do? And this this school is three and a half hours away from my office. And this student worked through his teacher. I got an email saying he would like to kind of shadow you for a couple of days. Is that okay? He took it upon himself to get his uncle to drive him into my town. His uncle got him a hotel. And for two days, this kid showed up to my office, went to my class meetings, was my bag boy, and just watched and asked questions. And um, and that's happened actually dozens and dozens of times. Um, I think students are just, they're curious. And some of them who maybe are only seeing a certain bubble of their world and they see an opportunity coming in from the outside, it gets them thinking outside of themselves. And if they have the courage to just ask, there's people like me who will say, yes, come along. I'd love to show you what we're doing. Um, but yeah, that that kind of stuff happens all the time. And again, that's part of my conviction and just about helping anywhere I can to you know, see students be successful. We will return to the Leaning into Leadership podcast in just a moment. But first, let me ask you a question. Have you ever said to yourself, man, I should write a book? Well, if you have, then let me ask you another question. What's holding you back? What keeps you from taking the step that moves you from, I have an idea about a book, to I am a published author? From experience, I would bet it's probably you're wondering who would even want to read a book that I wrote. Maybe you're questioning the idea. Is it unique enough? Is it valid enough? Is it good enough to be a book worthy of having published? Hey, as a best-selling author myself, I can tell you most writers have had the exact same feelings at some point in time during their writing journey. Here at Road to Awesome, we believe in cultivating leaders by elevating voices and promoting positivity. And a part of that work is publishing books for educators by educators. Go to roadtoawesome.net and hit the contact us button to set up a free, no obligation conversation about your book idea. Hey, educators, we've all had incredible experiences. We all have amazing stories and every one of them deserves to be told. Go to roadtoawesome.net, hit the contact us button. Let's have that conversation about your book idea. And now, 
back to the Leaning into Leadership podcast. So building on, on some of those things and maybe even leap, looping back a little bit to, to Castle High School, um, you know, you mentioned a really cool celebration with, you know, with the t-shirt and I know what you did last semester. I would imagine through the course of your career, you have seen some really cool types of celebrations. What are maybe one or two that just really stand out that people need to hear? Just one or two? Oh my gosh, I got hundreds. I mean, I, I have my favorite one about uh, faculty is staffalty is Aberdeen High School years ago, um, Corey Crick, an amazing Renaissance educator, she convinced the Ford dealership to donate a car to their Teacher of the Month program. <laughs> so their teachers got to drive a brand new car. Now, it wasn't theirs to keep, but they got to drive it. And it was always something exciting, like a Mustang 5.0 or a, you know, a Bronco or something cool. So to me, when you get your community and you know on the, on the side of the vehicles, they put Aberdeen High School Teacher of the Month. And so... That was one of those things I just was so proud to see happen. And I, it, it stopped happening a few years ago because of the economy, but still Man, pretty that's cool. impressive. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I know. Um, I also love um, one of my favorite celebrations is the uh, schools do a version of this and they call it different things, but it's it's a nighttime event where they recognize students for not anything in particular, just more character. And it's uh, some schools call it the People's Choice Award. And they have, you know, teachers they have an opportunity to recognize two students for character or for improvement or for whatever. And it's typically those kids that aren't necessarily the 4.0 rock stars, but they're doing their best to show up every day and be successful. And then they have this formal event at night with the red carpet, everybody dresses to the T and there's lights and there's music and fancy cake afterwards. Um, and the parents are given invitations sent home on parchment paper. It's just really special. And I've had several schools do that over the years. And everyone that I've ever been to, when I talk to the parents that are there, they're just always blown away because they just, they're the parents that, you know, when I got the call, I thought my son was in trouble. I didn't know it was going to be this, or this is so neat that the school does this. Because I'm a huge fan of celebrating students that maybe weren't dealt a huge, big, successful hand in their life, but they're still showing up doing the right things. Um, I, I love the thing I love is when all schools celebrate uh, things like the lip dubs. Those are one of the things I love. If you ever yeah. seen those lip dubs that schools do, you know, I have several of my schools that do it every year. And it's just seeing every single student being recognized and highlighted and in the spotlight in a very profound, fun event. Man, I tell you, there's nothing better than that either. So, uh, but yeah, I, I can go on and on. I just, I feel like schools oh, yeah. that, that get this, they just find creative ways to just celebrate each other. It's amazing. Yeah. And again, and it's, you know, as our buddy PC says, it's, it's making sure that they're seen and they're heard and they're loved. Right. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the power in it. So, um, we have our final question we'll get to in just a minute, but I I got one more that just kind of crossed my mind and I want to, I want to get to get to this and that's, you are, you're in a unique position. You are an insider, but you're also an outsider. So in that insider slash outsider perspective, what would be something you would share maybe just as a general thing, um, like one piece of feedback or one piece of insight you would share with educators that maybe they don't see because they are purely on the inside? Um, I think occasionally what I would do is encourage them to get feedback from their community around 
what is the reputation of their building and being open to really listening. Um, you know, a lot of times I pretend that I'm a parent and I'll walk into the building and I'm asking myself as I walk, walk into that building, would I want my kid to go here? You know, and little things like, you know, look at the walls and maybe I only see athletic stuff everywhere and my kid's not an athlete. So well, this, my kid's not gonna feel welcome here. But just, I think, you know, engaging with your community, asking them, you know, where can we go? What, be honest about how you feel like we're doing. Have you interacted with our students? Can you just tell us where we are? Because that information can help you as a leader of that building um, create a plan of, of, of improving those, you know, those very important core things that are, are wrapped around this idea of what it means to be in your building. Um, again, I, I feel like it's such a simple request but define what it is to be, you know, a ram or a tiger or whatever your mascot is. Define what that means and build around that identity, this, this sense of, of strength, community, and, and belonging. And then the thing that you have to do after that is message it everywhere, you know, promote that and, and celebrate that and recognize that. And if it's done in a way that's authentic and real and meaningful, then that reputation is going to just pour out of the building. So I just, I feel like it's, it's so easy to get lost in the day to day. So stepping out of the building and maybe engaging with the community is probably something that I think would help a lot of school leaders do a better job of going in the right direction. That is very sound advice and very important too. Uh, you're absolutely correct. You know, it's it's one thing to do that work, you know, around around your brand and and really getting clear around what it means to be, you know, whatever a Bronco, uh, a Chief, uh, wh whatever you are. Um, but if you're not getting that input and getting feedback and really getting the pulse of your community, you're not getting the whole picture. So, um, I think that's excellent advice. Final question. Same question I ask everybody here on Leaning Into Leadership. Now you're on the hot seat. So, oh. Rick, what is one thing you're doing right now to lean into leadership? Oh, I am um, right now. I'm I'm finding new ways to get myself into awkward and uncomfortable and out of out of my comfort zone. Um, I only grow when I'm thrust into a situation where I have no idea what to do. And so I'm, I'm finding myself um, in a place where my experiences so far have given me great ability to connect with principals. But where I feel like I need to improve my connections is with school leaders that are beyond the buildings. So I am challenging myself to, to engage more with community leaders, district leaders, superintendent leaders, maybe some city and state leaders. I think for too long, I haven't really saw my experiences as as very important for the rest of the people to hear outside the buildings and i guess i guess i've just come to a recent conviction that um it would be a shame if i didn't take sort of this this just 20 years of just being in buildings and just sharing what some of the thoughts that i have around what i think they can do to support these amazing soul capsulating buildings that are you know channeling this the spirit in these schools so um so that's, you know, and practically what that what that looks like is every month I try to find somebody who is outside my circle and reach out to them and set a time to meet with them and have this kind of conversation. So that's what I'm doing. 
I think it's awesome. I'm glad you and I got to have this conversation today. And I know that um, everybody who tunes in and checks out this conversation is going to find all kinds of incredible things in here. So, Rick, thank you so much for joining me here on Leaning Into Leadership. And uh, until the next time we see each other, man, take care of yourself. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And I'm really glad that we were able to connect. I've had the opportunity to interview a lot of leadership rock stars on this podcast, both inside of our school and outside of our school. And certainly Rick Morton is one of those rock stars. I appreciate him coming on the show and sharing his unique perspective. I also appreciate him talking about his passion as an entrepreneur and encouraging everyone to really chase their dreams and to go after the things that really matter to them. Um, I really appreciated the perspective also from the outsider and insider perspective to be aware of that feedback from our community and to be willing to listen to what the reputation our schools hold out in our community. That was really good stuff. There were so many great elements in there. And again, I thank Rick for being on the podcast. And now it's time for a pep talk. There are certain times of our year, certain seasons as we go through the course of a school year, when our educators and our students need a little bit of extra lifting up. Sometimes that might be the holiday time of season, where we're in between one break and another, and everybody can see that finish line, that halfway point, but maybe their eyes start to wander off the prize. As a leader, this is when you really rise up. This is when you really do everything you can to motivate, inspire, and keep people focused on the prize. Get out there this week and go make a difference with your staff and with your students. Go be present with them. Be in the trenches with them, in the classrooms, in the hallways. It's easy to get caught up in all the paperwork and all those other things. But set some time aside this week to make sure you are out there where you need to be making a difference in the life of kids. Have a road to awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.